the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The El Conservador Radio Show is sponsored by Border Hawk News on 9.30 a.m. The Answer. Time for the El Conservador Radio Show with George Rodriguez. George is a constitutional conservative who loves to expose fake news and liberals. Be a part of the show. Call 210-308-8867. And now, El Conservador, George Rodriguez. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio, deep in the heart of South Texas. Uh, But it's a rather somber day, my friends. Uh, It's the commemoration of 9-11, today being September 11th, 2021. And uh, lots of uh, commemorative events going on around. Uh, But I have to point out, my friends, I have to point out that Mr. Biden is not attending any of them. He is sending a recorded message. But uh, apparently he's got a lot of things that he's got to do, and he's very, very busy, too busy to attend a commemoration of one of the worst attacks on American soil in its history, or probably the, the worst attack on American soil in its history. Again, my friends, it shows you that these Democrats are not the Democrats of FDR. They're not even the, the Democrats of, of, of uh, Woodrow Wilson. These people are more like the Democrats of Mao Zedong uh, or Joseph Stalin. I mean, I, I, I cannot believe that this president, and I hesitate to call him that, <clears throat> doesn't have time to go to a commemorative event. I, I really can't believe that. You know, what we need to do, my friends, is start confronting. Yes, I'll use the word confront. We need to start confronting the local Democrats and holding them responsible for their party. We had a situation here last week in San Antonio where a uh, lady at a supermarket confronted the county judge. The county judge is like the county executive here in San Antonio. And she confronted him as he was shopping and... uh, to, and jumped on him because of the masks po- mask policies, and um, she just went she just went off on him. Well, the next day, of course, uh, the media made a big deal about it, defended the county exec, the county judge, defended him, made him out as the victim, and uh, he had the nerve to say that uh, this lady was suffering from some type of disease. Well, I'll tell you what the disease is, my friends. The disease is that we've got politicians who refuse to listen to the people who elected them. They refuse to be accountable to people. They, uh, in in particular, this county exec, this county judge, Nelson Wolf here in Bear County, here in San Antonio, uh, the guy is is arrogant and aloof. I mean, there's no two two other ways to describe him. And so he uh, feels put upon that a a citizen would have the nerve, a constituent would have the nerve to confront him and to express her opinions. No, she didn't threaten him. Uh, Although, of course, any any gesture in today's world can be be interpreted as threatening. Uh, She said that um, they were going to hang, that that they were going to hang him, which I don't think was the best uh, uh, phrase that she should have used, that she was going to be hanged. Uh, you know, that was that, you know, I will say that that was very, very poor judgment on her part, too emotional. But a, a, a citizen, a constituent has the right, should have the right to confront a, a uh, an elected official. I mean, they work for us, I believe. At least that's the way it used to be in America. But uh, no, 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 he was, he felt threatened, he felt that it's a disease uh, of people expressing their opinions, I guess. And uh, he was uh, he was not happy. And, of course, the local media, the mainstream media, went to his support, went to his defense. 
my friends, this issue of the uh, of of COVID uh, and, and the immigrant and and uh, the the border, the uncontrolled border, those are the two biggest failures that I can see right now. Well, Afghanistan, that's had three. The biggest failures of this uh, administration. Biden had the nerve, had the nerve to say that uh, the COVID policies that he's going to push are not about our freedom. They're about health and safety. Well, let me tell you, my friends, a tyrant will always say to the people that he's trying to protect you. Tyrants will always use fear to control people. They always will. They are doing, they are acting on your behalf. They are taking your freedoms. They are asking you to stay put. They are asking you to keep, to, to, they're taking away your guns, your, your pistols, your rifles, because it's for your own good. It's dangerous. <clears throat> they're forcing you to take a vaccine because it's dangerous. It's for your own good. They're forcing you, they're going to take away your cars and forcing you to, to drive, to ride it in, uh, in mass transportation because it's for your own good. We want we don't want to pollute. We don't want uh, the pollution. We don't want car wrecks. Uh, we don't want excessive use of uh, of Mother Nature's resources. So we're going to we're going to put you in in in, in trains and trolleys. We're going to force you to sit to stay in, in, in to live in in. Uh, in apartment complexes and not have private property anymore because it's for your own good again. It's for your good because we want to protect Mother Earth. We don't want people to own Mother Earth and then destroy it. So we're going to protect you. <clears throat> you know, we're going to we're going to restrict what you say and what you read because it's for your own good. It's for your own good. And here we go again. The nerve of of Joseph Biden to tell us in a bold face, straight face, that uh, our freedoms are not important. Now, this is the second time that we hear that. We heard it from from Arnold Schwarzenegger uh, out in California. He said that our, that that uh, our personal freedoms were not important. It's public safety that's more important. <clears throat> well, I'll tell you, you know, uh, somebody should tell uh, the the uh, the kids in in uh, in Chicago about public safety because, uh, you know, they don't seem, the, the COVID policies seem to be the last thing on their minds, okay? The way that they shoot each other. There was, uh, it, it, is, it is an absolute hypocrisy and outrage. The other thing, the other thing that is really, really outrageous and hypocr- absolute hypocrisy is uh, <clears throat> the way that um, Biden wants employees to be fired if they aren't vaccinated. Yes, that's what he said. That that federal employees, uh, employees with federal contracts, uh, they have to be vaccinated or they're going to be fired. They're going to be terminated. Now, uh, please explain to me, why is it that it is so important for federal employees and American citizens to be vaccinated and nobody cares about the number of unvaccinated, unhealthy people, criminals, possible terrorists that are crossing the border. Where is that vetting? You know, 30% of the people who allow themselves to be tested, 30% of the illegal aliens that allow themselves to be tested, that cross the border, that are, allow themselves to be allow. I'm using that word because it's an optional thing for them. of them have tested positive for COVID. Now, that's COVID. Who knows what else they're carrying? Who knows what else they're carrying? So, I mean, there there are apprehensions, there are asylum seekers, and then there are people who who get away, who are not not even asked because uh, they they got through the the Border Patrol uh, net and, um, you know, they're, they're in free and easy. Then of course there are those that are refusing to be to be uh, checked, so who knows what they're carrying? Uh, it, it, it's it's an outrage again, an absolute hypocrisy, an absolute hypocrisy that Joe Biden is upset with us as citizens that we hesitate, that we don't want to be 
uh, vaccinated that we choose to either be vaccinated or not. He says it's not about freedom. It's about public safety. Again, there we go. The tyrants using fear to control people. And on the other hand, the border is wide open. The border is wide open. You know, the uh, again, another example. Let's go, let's go to the other failure, Afghanistan. The planes that are sitting on the tarmac still that have not been released. According to Biden, uh, they are... Uh, these these planes have not been uh, let go because uh, some of the people have not been properly vetted, you know. So these folks that are sitting on the tarmac in a plane, in a controlled situation, that they could be uh, that they could easily be vetted uh, once they leave. Uh, they can go to some third country and be vetted there. Uh, He's worried about them, but he doesn't care about the people, again, that are crossing the border. Unvetted. The people who are crossing the border, and we don't know what their purpose, what their intention, what their background is. We don't even know their identification, my friends. Many of them, many, many of them have no real identification because you don't have IDs and, and, and uh, vital statistics like you do in the United States. You don't have that in the third world. And again, that's where these people are coming from, the third world. They're not the best and the brightest. Ooh, I said something terrible, but they're not. We as Americans should be demanding that only people that come to the United States are people that A, are properly vetted, B, that are going to give something to our society and our economy, and of course, C, that are going to be loyal to our country that are going to be loyal to our nation. Unfortunately, my friends, that is not the case with many of these people that are coming in. We don't know who they are. We don't know what they're coming from. They have no skills. You know, uh, so what, what are we going to do? What are they going to do? I, I know they're going to feed the poverty industry and the poverty industry is, is an appendage of the Democrat Party. That's what it is. The poverty industry, all of these organizations that take care of the poor, that's what they are. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you. And we'll be right back. Oh, let me tell you who our guests are. I completely forgot. Uh, we've got two guests today, very, very knowledgeable gentlemen. Uh, Mr. Todd Benzman uh, from the Center for Immigration Studies will be our, our first guest. And then our next guest is going to be Mr. Uh, Chris Hayek. Chris is with the... Um, uh, the Immigration Reform Law Institute, and he's going to be chatting with us regarding the uh, court cases, uh, two important court cases that have recently uh, been victories uh, for uh, the uh, for control of the border. So, my folks, so my friends, once again, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, right back with our first guest. Hi, folks. This is George Rodriguez, El Conservador, looking for information on immigration, borders, refugee resettlement, asylum claims, nationalism, and globalism. Go to BorderHawk.News. BorderHawk.News has up-to-date information on these topics and their impact locally, nationally, and internationally. BorderHawk.News has the news that's not covered by the other media or websites. Stay informed on one of the most important issues in this country, immigration. Go to BorderHawk.News. Dot news. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from the heart of South Texas in San Antonio. And we've got uh, our good friend, Mr. Chris Hayek, who is with the uh, Immigration Reform Law Institute in D.C. And I wanted to reach out to uh, Chris because... Uh, this uh, Supreme Court ruling regarding the wait in Mexico <clears throat> uh, program or uh, policy has been uh, upheld, and um, the uh, of course the Democrats are, and all of the pro-immigration, as they call themselves, uh, pro-open borders, pro-illegal alien folks, 
are having an absolute meltdown because people that are going to have to wait uh, in Mexico to have their asylums checked uh, are having are going to be subject to uh, cartels. They're going to be subject to disease, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And uh, you know, this is not a, a good policy. It's better that they wait in the United States, where well, where we don't have those things, of course. At any rate, um, Chris, thank you for taking time to be with us. Talk to us. Explain to us what this uh, Supreme Court ruling means and um, what uh, ramifications it might have for this insane open borders uh, crisis that we've got. Well, it's a tremendous victory uh, for uh, the uh, enforcement side. Uh, when Trump instituted this policy, it was extremely effective. Before that, if you remember those caravans, people lined up for miles coming in. And, uh, the vast majority had no uh meritorious asylum claim they just wanted to get released into the united states where they disappear and they would never report the hearings and it was just a big funnel for uh, more illegal immigration and uh trump stopped it by instituting the wait in mexico policy where you get your hearing date and then uh you know they they, they take your information and say okay uh Go back to Mexico and wait there, and we'll call you when, when your hearing comes up, or we'll send you notice, and you can come up and go through a checkpoint and get bus to the hearing. And then, uh, you know, if, if you're successful, you'll get asylum. And they all knew that they weren't going to be successful, well, most of them. And uh, and so they usually wouldn't even wait in Mexico. they just uh, forget about it and um, go home. So, uh, and the few ones who did have a good asylum claim, they would wait in Mexico. They'd be fine with that, and then they'd eventually get asylum. Uh, so it, and it, what it did is stop the flow. That They weren't coming up here to, so they could wait in Mexico. They were coming here so they could be released into the United States. And uh, so what Biden did is just end the program without giving any reason, and, uh, and that started up the flow again immediately. And... Uh, so the court enjoined that finding, and it was inevitable that it would. I've said to you before on this show that um, when you do, when when an administration does crazy and irrational things, that's actually a legal problem. It's called arbitrary and capricious, and that's what the court found here. They didn't explain why they did this, so they the court enjoined it and said you have to go back to wait in Mexico. So they appealed that they did. They are appealing that, and in the meantime, they did an emergency application to the Supreme Court, which which uh, uh, my group, the uh, Immigration Reform Law Institute, opposed in the Supreme Court to uh, suspend the injunction during the appeal. So the appeal would take months, and during that time, uh, wait in Mexico would not be in place. Uh, the injunction against it would be lifted or suspended. Well, the Supreme Court just made short work of that and said, we don't think you're likely to succeed in this appeal. We don't think it's um, likely you're going to be able to show it's not arbitrary and capricious. So we're keeping the injunction in place. And uh, so it's a it's a very uh, important ruling, uh, and I can see why the left is uh, uh, up in arms about it. There, the, One of the things that's been very, very interesting about this situation to me is uh, how the Biden administration is going to... Uh, accept it or work with it because uh, we have seen how the Democrats uh, will create sanctuary cities to um, you know to avoid cooperating with laws so uh, do you think that uh, there will be cooperation or uh, respect for this Supreme Court ruling uh, well what DHS has said is that uh, they are uh, implementing weight in Mexico in good faith but the, the first thing they, they're doing to do that is uh, opening talks with Mexico. They, they, they claim they need Mexico's cooperation to institute the policy. And, but Mexico, Mexico already agreed with, with the Trump administration to do this, and that hasn't been rescinded or changed or anything. So there's no good reason to talk to Mexico. And also, I think... Uh, the Trump administration started it before Mexico agreed. You don't really need their agreement. Um, you know, coming through Mexico, Mexico's permitting it, and we can just turn them back. We don't have to you know, say, oh, if you don't agree, we have to take them. I mean, that, that 
that's not um, actually the case. So they might be trying something there. They might be trying to get, you know, get Mexico to agree or not to agree to do it. And they can say, oh, our hands are tied. We can't uh, reinstitute the policy. Uh, that, that hasn't happened yet. Uh, as far as I know, they are implementing it in good faith. And uh, we'll just have to see. Um, it, if they don't, I mean, if they, if they give orders to people not to implement that policy, uh, that that would be something the court could, could look into and, and, and ask for the names of the officials who are doing that, giving those orders, and uh, then they'd be subject to contempt of court. Hmm. And that's a pretty pretty strong incentive. <laughs> yeah, that would be. That would be contempt of, court, of the Supreme Court. Um, let me also ask you, are there any other uh, victories that have gone under the, uh, that have been, that have happened uh, that we were not aware of? Or uh, do you think that there'll be other victories that are coming down the road? I think soon um, uh, a couple other policies will be enjoined. Uh, the, hopefully the COVID expulsions. We, uh, our group is representing Texas in that case where we're um, arguing that uh, Trump's complete COVID expulsion, COVID expulsion policy should be restored. And uh, without all these exceptions that have resulted in lots of COVID positive aliens from around the world just being released into Texas and other states and, you know, you know ultimately the whole country. And um, so we're hopeful there. Uh, and there's a wider case where we're representing sheriffs and uh, counties in Texas about the, uh, well, that's a case about the enforcement priorities where basically an enforcement stand down that the law says they're supposed to um, deport a large group of, of uh, criminal aliens and instead they're just releasing them and uh, one Texas court has already uh, enjoined it and we're asking for that and also more relief other policies they have that are unlawful that we want enjoined like um, they're not giving notices to appear to illegal aliens before they release them they're, they're just giving them notices to report to an ICE office and uh, of course they never do so it, it, they're let go free and clear they don't have any immigration action pending against them even uh, under this policy we're trying to get that enjoined um, those decisions should come especially the second one uh, should come pretty soon that would, that would you know We've heard a lot about the uh, issue with the uh, sheriffs uh, being frustrated and the lack of enforcement against criminally illegal aliens uh, that are committing crimes daily. I mean, committing crimes daily. I had uh, I had a relative uh, about uh, a few weeks ago that was rear-ended right here in San Antonio by an illegal alien that did not have a license, did not have the car registered, did not have insurance, uh, and fled the scene. The only reason that they found out was because they they left behind a girlfriend who then told them that uh, the guy was in the U.S. illegally. But heaven knows what will happen to him. And, you know, and, and oh, our, there, in, so insurance, many... <laughs> our insurance goes up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, there, there, there are so many cases. I mean, under these enforcement priorities, if you're not a – if an alien is not some kind of really dangerous terrorist or, uh, you know, really bad criminal – uh, the ICE agent has to ask for, or, or the, the enforcement agent has to ask for approval by his superiors, by a field officer, uh, to actually deport the person, even though the law says they're supposed to be deported. And they've denied such approval for child molesters, domestic abusers. I mean, uh, you know, this guy is, uh, uh, you know, convicted of molesting a child. Um, Trying to board him, and the answer comes down no. Incredible. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's in our lawsuit, and uh, it, it, it's it's just um, you know they not only want a lot of illegal aliens, you know they, they want the worst ones. I mean they they want people. I mean you know it. it even if you're going to let everybody in, you still have to check. Screen you still them. have to uh, <laughs> screen them. Yeah, they, they mean. Back in the 19th century, they screened people. Yeah, uh, and uh, you know it was, it, it was an open immigration system. But if you had a disease or you were likely to be a pauper, you know, a, a burden on the public, 
or uh, you were a criminal or something, you were you were sent back. You weren't allowed in. And uh, um, when it's illegal immigration, uh, I mean, you don't that's get a that. no-brainer. No one's, <laughs> it's a no-brainer. No, no one's checking. <laughs> and, uh, and and then uh, and of course, but even when they do check, even even when there's this person who's been here and he's done committed a terrible crime and he's a danger to the public. Uh, and they say, can I deport him? They say no. So it's like they, they seem to want the, the criminals in particular. Uh, it, and, uh, and it's, you know, it's the same with sanctuary cities. Uh, those are policies that they have to protect criminals. It only protects criminals. It doesn't protect anybody else from deportation. Incredible. Buddy, thank you very much for taking time to be with us. Tell the folks where they can follow, um, uh, early and uh, how they can support it if possible. Right, that's early. That's uh, Immigration Reform Law Institute, I-R-L-I dot org. Fantastic. We've been talking with my friend uh, Chris Hayek from uh, early from the uh, Immigration Reform Law Institute in D.C. Uh, thank you very, very much, Chris, for taking time to be with us. We'll be calling you again to see how these other... Uh, injunctions uh, play out right great thank you very much once again George Rodriguez El Conservador once again my friends George Rodriguez El Conservador talking to you and we've got uh, our good friend, uh, Mr. Todd Benzman, from the Center for Immigration Studies. I wanted to get him back on because uh, he was our guest a couple of weeks ago, and we were talking about um, the collapse of Afghanistan and uh, the effort to, re- to get the refugees out. Well, since then, the collapse has happened. Uh, supposedly, the last airplane, the last jet full of uh, refugees, full of Americans... Uh, has left, and we have left behind uh, friends. We've left behind Americans. Uh, we even left behind um, service dogs. Uh, the question is: those people that are coming in, are they being vetted? Are they being uh, screened? And uh, to what degree? So, uh, Scott, uh, <laughs> excuse me, Todd. Uh, thank you very, very much for taking time to be with us. Talk to us. Tell us, what, what do you know about this situation? What do you think? Where do you think this is going to go? Sure. Uh, well, first, thanks for having me on. I appreciate that, as always. Uh, we don't really have good intel at this point about the extent of the security screening. There has been report uh, reporting about, uh, about 0.5% of the Afghans that were boarded onto uh, planes and flown to the United States were subsequently found to be security threats. Uh, don't know. That's uh, actually uh, turns out to be about 230, 240 individuals, which is far, far too many, even if it's only a half a percent. Uh, we don't know what will become of those individuals once they're regarded as a security threat, and but they're on U.S. soil and they have all these rights and appeals and all this, uh, I expect that eventually they'll just have to release them into the uh, public. Uh, I hope that doesn't happen, but I think it will happen. Uh, furthermore, there is other reporting that a number of Afghans boarded those flights with fake passports, uh, not theirs, uh, so we don't know who these people are. We don't know if they're a security threat or they were just desperate, so desperate to get out of there that you know they uh, used uh, deceit to uh, take advantage of the emergency and get aboard. Uh, so there is going to be a lot of fraud. I expect uh, that's probably a representative sample of what's to come in terms of uh, fraud, visa fraud, special immigrant visa fraud uh there is a lot of opportunity for fraud because the uh congress just a month ago expanded the definition of uh who can 
uh, which Afghans can can come here was uh, once upon a time just you know our heroic interpreters who were with us in combat willing to take a bullet for our soldiers but then it got expanded to cooks and you know cleaners and anybody who drove a reporter around uh, who worked for an NGO or did some kind of um, work on a project or a contract or something like that in other words uh, you know hundreds of thousands of people and so that uh, to sort of defraud your way in as one of those people will probably uh, be easy and we'll probably be discovering a lot of it. Hopefully none of them are Taliban or ISIS or Al-Qaeda who are all there. Uh, but this is kind of the next phase of, you know, what we have to worry about as a result of all this, George. Ah, it's amazing. You know, I've got to, re- I've got to point out that I recall that when um, we had the airlift uh, the opening of refugees under Obama of um, uh, folks that came in from uh, Somalia and uh, Ethiopia, that um, there were a couple of instances that I recall, one at a university and then another one, uh, I believe, in Chicago, where uh, Somalis went on a rampage um, uh, in, in doing uh, mass murders. So uh, I'm wondering, you know, I mean, are we going to see a recurrence of this? I expect that we'll have plots and attacks inside the United States before too long as a result of this. Uh, I hate to, I hope I'm wrong. I hate to uh, predict that, but, you know, anybody who has worked in uh, national security and has seen these sorts of things happen, uh, we watched this happen in Europe where a quarter of a million Afghans crossed the border there and quite a few of them conducted attacks on European soil and that's one of the reasons why the Europeans are doing everything they possibly can to remove Afghans and to deter them, any more of them from coming in. They've had terrible crime problems, they've had terrorism problems and I expect that uh, if we bring a couple hundred thousand in like some of the Democrats want that there will be some percentage of them that will conduct terror attacks in the homeland. You know, I, I am fascinated with how quiet Ilhan Omar is and um, uh, Rashid, uh, how quiet the, these members of the squad, these Muslim members of the squad have been on this whole situa- during this whole situation. Well, you see, you see a, a kind of a mute uh, quiet in a lot of uh, quarters of the uh, Democratic Party, this evacuation, the plan, the uh, ignoring of intelligence assessments that this exact thing was all going to happen, all of that is, you know, it's a major blotch on, on this president. These decisions were made despite the advice of all of his senior uh, advisors, all of the generals, the chief of staff, everybody said, don't do it. The CIA had intelligence reports that were given to the president uh, saying, don't do it this way. If you do it this way, uh, the Afghan army will collapse and it'll be a catastrophe. Uh, so it was laid out and he just did it anyway. And uh, now we have Americans who were left at the gate begging and pleading for soldiers to let them in on the last airplanes and those soldiers were under orders not to get them and so they left them at the gate Uh, so there's going to be a lot of um, uh, political fallout for a long time to come over what happened here and I think that those Democrats probably don't want to be on the record too much defending or obfuscating or trying to cover for what happened over there. Yep. This uh, this was not Dunkirk, and Biden sure, certainly is not Churchill. <laughs> That's right. Mm. Um, mm. And then, you know, uh, just uh, quickly, too, because uh, I wrote a piece about this, and I think we've talked about this before, that now that the evacuation is uh, is ended, you will see a 
huge development of huge refugee camps in places like Tajikistan and Uzbekistan and Pakistan and Iran of uh, Afghanis who are fleeing, they're going to be fleeing the Taliban rule. And you will see uh, an increase in Afghans from those camps coming over the U.S. southern border because it's so broken and there are uh, clear-cut established routes from those regions right up to the border, so that which is broken right now. So uh, they will definitely be taking advantage of that soon too, and that's a whole other security vetting nightmare. Well, let, let's let's switch gears because we do know that uh, there is a huge caravan uh, of about a thousand people coming up from Tapachula that crossed into Tapachula. They have had confrontations with the Mexican National Guard. And uh, they will be at our doorstep sometime soon. Tell us, can you tell us anything about that? Right. Well, the this is uh, the first caravan since about March. Uh, the last one, uh, then, and also several before that, into uh, late November, uh, January, were broken up by the Guatemalan and Mexican military. Uh, those caravans deterred other ones from forming but over time uh, organizers, whoever they are have sought to test Mexican and Guatemalan resolve like how will they stop this one and so they keep trying and testing and pushing on the Mexican uh, military and that's I think what's going on here uh, where the timing is interesting. I don't think it's coincidental, but I don't have evidence to the contrary. But I suspect that uh, they know that the Americans are incredibly uh, preoccupied with Afghanistan and the eye is not on the ball down there right now. So uh, maybe they're thinking the Mexicans will give up and let them through. And uh, so far, they have not um, quite given up, but um, it looks like like they're they've been successful in uh continuing their the, the way to the southern border if that happens if the mexicans give up and the guatemalans give up and we, then, then you will see a non-stop train of immigrants of hundreds of thousands if not millions of people from those countries just pouring through the breach uh that's why biden administration has worked very hard clandestinely and and even openly with the Mexican government and the Guatemalan government to get them to uh, want to use their militaries to stop it wow my friend uh, we got to close out T- tell the folks about your uh, your book and uh, how they can follow you that's right um, America's covert border war is my new book it's the untold story of the nation's battle to prevent jihadist infiltration over that border. Uh, that book is all about, uh, you know, I think Afghans coming over that border with a uh, terror threat. And that's on Amazon and anywhere books are sold. And you can find me at the Center for Immigration Studies, CIS.org. You got it. Once again, my friends, we've been talking with our good friend Todd Benzman from the Center for Immigration Studies. Todd We'll be in, in touch with you again so you can uh, update us on what is happening uh, on this whole immigration issue, man. Anytime. Thank you for doing what you do, too, George. Thank you. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador. Hi, folks. This is George Rodriguez, El Conservador. Looking for information on immigration, borders, refugee resettlement, asylum claims, nationalism, and globalism? Go to BorderHawk.News. BorderHawk.News has up-to-date information on these topics and their impact locally, nationally, and internationally. BorderHawk.News has the news that's not covered by the other media or websites. Stay informed on one of the most important issues in this country, immigration. Go to BorderHawk.News. Welcome back, my friends. George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you on KLUP 930 AM radio. The answer, 
And uh, let me provide some updates on what has been happening uh, this past week, uh, September 5th through September the 11th. Uh, first of all, uh, there are I, there is talk again in Washington, my friends, and we've got to be par- careful of that, about this. We've got to be watching it. The Democrats want to include a pathway to citizenship for the illegal aliens and include that in their $3.5 trillion, yes, $3.5 trillion social spending plan. They want to use, of course, their, their, the illegal aliens as pawns to promote their agenda and their outrageous spending bill. Uh, also, if they do get a, an, a, an amnesty, uh, all that amnesty does is reward illegal immigration. You know, all, all it does is just forgive people that broke immigration law. My friends, those are two big reasons why we do not want to support this. And we've got to call the folks in Washington to tell them to not uh, not to support it. I mean, somebody like Lindsey Graham is already talking about, well, we'll we, we should negotiate. You can't negotiate with these people because they want they they want they tell you that they want an inch and they actually take a mile. That's how they are. So. This issue of social spending, $3.5 trillion? No, 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 no. That, that, is, that is a big, big no-no. That is creating more socialism. That is putting us deeper in the hole. That is mortgaging the future of our grandkids. No, absolutely not. And then amnesty for people that broke uh, the, the immigration laws? No, of course not. We can't do that. We cannot have that, my friends. You can't reward bad behavior because you get more. That's it. And that includes the DACA. That includes the minors. An illegal alien is an illegal alien, regardless of what age group they're in. You know, they want to, uh, the, the, they want to provide legal status, a pathway to citizenship for certain undocumented immigrants, as they put it. Well, my friends, you make an exception to one group, you're going to make an exception to others. Absolutely not. We've got to be watching this. We cannot have any type of amnesty included in any, any legislation, my friends. First, let's shut down the border. First, let's stop all illegal immigration. In fact, I would say let's stop all immigration for, for, for a time. But let's stop illegal immigration completely. Let's secure the borders, and then we can talk about uh, amnesty. Then there's, of course, uh, Congressman Cuellar, the, a, a, a Henry Cuellar, who is a Democrat here in South Texas. And he is happy. He actually said that, that he is happy that there are lower numbers of apprehensions because it shows that, uh, that, that we're beginning to turn the corner, I guess, on, uh, on the uh, illegal alien invasion. De- Cuellar is the uh, congressman in Laredo. He's a Democrat. And, of course, he's trying to find a, a silver lining in this whole mess. Uh, you know, for him to say that um, the apprehensions are down, uh, and let, let me give you an example. The, uh, he's very proud that the apprehensions are uh, in August were 195,000. <laughs> 195,000, which is down. <laughs> that's fewer than in July, 212,000. So to me, my friends, to me, that sounds like, well, the house did burn down, but at least the lawn furniture is okay. <laughs> I mean, it's incredible. I mean, this guy, and he said it's, he says it with a straight face. So, uh, you know, again, this guy, uh, Henry Cuellar, my friends, is another one of these uh, Democrats uh, who uh, plays his, his hand one way, but in actuality, he's doing something else. Um, also, news from San Miguel, Arizona, uh, the, where the Border Patrol agents arrested 93 illegal aliens in a single group that was going through the set, through the desert. Of those 80, of those 93, 83 were determined to be unaccompanied kids. I am not sure who was leading them. Maybe the Pied Piper was leading these kids down the down the happy road, but 83 of them. Were, uh, were were unaccompanied children, as they would classify them. However, of those 83, 70 claimed that they were between the ages of 15 and 17. Now, they did not have any documentation on them. They did not have any ID. So determining their actual age uh, is difficult, if not impossible. 
the unaccompanied children uh, issue, my friends, these unaccompanied kids uh, are becoming more and more common uh, in, in some areas as large groups are surrendering themselves, large groups. And agents say that more than 100 unaccompanied kids uh, were picked up in, in, in the Arizona, San Miguel, Arizona area. More, uh, more than 100 unaccompanied kids were picked up in two large groups within 48 hours. We're turning our nation into an orphanage. And all of this is coming about, my friends, because we, use, we let people use, we let them, we let people use kids as a way to get around immigration law. And as long as we do that, my friends, these kids are going to continue to be utilized and used and abused. How about we do this? How about we say no illegal immigration, no illegal aliens, all of them are deported. If all of them are deported, including kids, then they stop using them. How about that idea? Then there's the stay in, in Mexico policy, uh, which was um, uh, upheld by the courts recently. And um, border enforcement officers are, are uh, now beginning to turn away illegal aliens who are attempting to, to uh, enter the U.S. after they've reinstated the, the remain in Mexico policy for all asylum seekers. Of course, this is causing an, an emotional meltdown for a lot of um, uh, a lot of leftists and, and liberals who claim that uh, the stay in Mexico policy is uh, is inhumane and that it causes them to suffer. I'll tell you what causes them to suffer is to come to the United States illegally, okay? To travel to enter the United States illegally. If we stopped encouraging people to come, they would stop coming. Okay, you know, just like the the famous saying, uh, "If you build them, build it, they will come." Well, let's quit building it. <laughs> let's quit building it. On the other hand, White House uh, Secretary Jen uh, Psaki, uh oh, she's a she's a she's a piece of work, isn't she? Uh, she told reporters that the administration is being compelled by the uh, courts uh, to uh, abide by that ruling. Okay. However, the administration is now considering implementing a watered-down version of the Remain in Mexico policy. How about that? <laughs> they're going to do it, but they're going to do it their way. <laughs> in the meantime, there was another, uh, another ruling uh, by a lower court judge, okay? And uh, not a Supreme Court judge, a lower court judge, which is very, very fascinating and, in my opinion, has got to be con confronted. And this has to do with uh, this judge, this Obama-appointed judge, has ruled that forcing asylum seekers to wait in Mexico uh, for their asylum hearing violates their constitutional rights. Okay, now let me, let me explain that to you. Okay, this Obama-appointed judge is claiming that these asylum seekers who are not citizens apparently have constitutional rights which are being violated now so I, I guess this is the assumption is that non-citizens have constitutional rights let me ask you this my friends let me ask you this what's the point of being a lawful legal citizen if non-citizens if illegal aliens have the same constitutional rights you know this is this is this interpretation by liberals and leftists that the Constitution is universal, I guess, and that everyone in the world is covered by it. That's why terrorists uh, like al-Baghdadi are given uh, attorneys to argue in, in U.S. courts. They are brought to the United States, allowed an attorney, a court-appointed attorney, which means a taxpayer-appointed paid attorney, and they are, they, they are uh, tried according to their constitutional rights. My friends, again, what's the point of being a legal, lawful citizen if anybody in the, re in, in the whole world, if everybody in the whole world has the same rights and privileges under the Constitution? What's the point? It, it, it's amazing to me. It, it is, it, it's amazing. It's shocking. It's disgusting. That's what it is. It's disgusting. Then uh, a, a final note before I let you go, my friends. A final note here, and this um, 
shows the connection between Mexican politics, Mexican politicians, and the cartels. This is why I have to giggle and laugh whenever I hear somebody in the Biden administration says, well, we're negotiating with the Mexican government. Here it goes. The family of an incoming border state governor in Nuevo León, Nuevo León is right here on the border with Texas, has reportedly been deeply intertwined with the Gulf cartel, according to documents that have been obtained. Samuel Alejandro García Sepúlveda, a former Mexican senator with the Citizens Movement, El Movimiento Ciudadano, and he won the gubernatorial election for the state of Nuevo León in, gen- in this past June. He's expected to take over in, in, in October. His nephew, his nephew, is a former Gulf Cartel boss named Gilberto El June Garcia Mena. El June. <laughs> and this guy was imprisoned by Mexican authorities back in 2001. Well, during his campaign, Garcia claimed that uh, he was an only child and that his father was arrested and that he had no interconnection, no more inter- interaction with him. Well, now we find out that that's not true. You know, not that the documents show that Garcia's parents embezzled property and uh, his money his, his, and, and money from his uncle, who is currently also being investigated for using shell companies. Not uh, not oil shell companies, but for using folk, fake companies to hide funds. This, my friends, I mean, the, the fact of the matter is that Mexico has a history, a terrible history of corruption. It is a culture. And dealing with them, uh, I mean, there there is no honor among thieves. I'm sorry. Dealing with them, we should deal with them accordingly. Thank you for being with us today, my friends. Thank you for joining us once again. George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio. I hope that you will join us continually. I hope that you will uh, uh, share our program. Go to our, go to the uh, KLUP website, and, uh, and uh, you can listen to our podcast. You can listen to uh, past programs. Uh, if you have the need, if you have the desire, please feel free to contact me, and I'll, I'll be glad to... Uh, uh, to come and speak to your organization or to your groups. So, uh, at any rate, thank you for being with us, my friends. Uh, have a, a great day and a, a safe week, uh, coming week. Until next time, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's Dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here. Here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. And I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. Salemnow.com.